This is episode 28 of Hoops Forum, a production of Radius Athletics and a quick timeout podcast. I'm Tony Miller, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, Randy Sherman. Thanks to our sponsors over at 323 Sports. Right now, they're offering several options on team packs, including one for under $100. It includes a jersey, shorts, tee, and a backpack. To find out more about what they can do for your basketball program, visit 323sports.com, or you can contact our rep sales at 323sports.com. They'll be sure to do it right for your sports program. Today is one of those shows where we're attempting to kind of go deeper into a topic rather than talk broadly about a system of play. For those of you that came here expecting pack line, that still is our topic, but we're zeroing in on a few aspects of the pack line defense. And really today is just a chance for us to discuss maybe some teaching points and hopefully help some of you out there become better teachers of the pack line defense. Before we get too far into things, Randy, pack line defense, maybe your experience with with it, background with it, and kind of tee us off into some of the things that we'll talk about today. Yeah, some longtime Twitter followers might think it's kind of funny that I'm talking about this because like I tend to, when I talk about defense, more focus on pressure man-to-man, a little bit of 2-3 zone talk, but uh, but mostly pressure man-to-man was a style of man-to-man that I coached and taught and uh, am most familiar with. But of course, this pack line defense has become popular and widely used. So in my work in helping coaches, I've felt compelled to learn it in in detail and and, uh, really sort of wrap my head around the rationale and underpinning on what, you know, what's the philosophy, what's the goals and aims and objectives of of, of pack line defense. Um, Spoken with some really terrific coaches that run it and run it well and are big believers in it and highly committed to it. So um, I've learned from them and relayed that knowledge out into the internet abroad based on, um, you know, my own interactions from learning from others. So, yeah, don't have necessarily experience coaching it. Of course, played against some teams that did it. But I think that if I were to be tasked with coaching this, I think I think I could do it, even though it's not necessarily maybe my preference. And the reason why I say I could do it is because just like the pressure man to man philosophy there's there's a there's a reason for why you're running it and I and I get that and I get why a coach would would do it the, the number one you know objective around running it and two just like pressure man there's some just like absolute teaching points that like hey this is what we've got to be great at this is what we want to happen and what we need to kind of stay away from and those are really black and white and and coaching in that fashion is something I kind of latch on to anyway. So I think I could coach it, even though it's maybe not, you know, my my jam. We ran it here for probably about the first six years of our program. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of success with it for a team that was a little bit undersized, not as athletic as some of the other teams that we played against. If you have a team that's real disciplined, obviously, if you have certain parts, components, it makes it more effective. I'm thinking sure. of like Virginia and some of their athletic big guys, longer big guys. I, I mentioned all that just to say you may adapt it. There are some yeah. purists who may be watching this where we say, you know, you can do this. And they, they absolutely hate when you kind of mess up what was already created. Mm-hmm. From my experience, some things you just have to kind of adapt and change based off your personnel like anything else. And so 
that's kind of the point with today teaching cues or teaching points material again and to maybe help you become a better teacher of it. Brandy here, why don't you just start us off with the basics and I'll pull up the PowerPoint. We're going to be using some of the fast draw diagrams. So for those of you that are listening to this, if you want to go back and watch the full episode on Randy's Radius Athletics YouTube page, you'll see the fast model diagrams there. And then also some video too to help with that. Let me just say, mm-hmm. As far as like teaching this, those of you, again, who already know about the pack line, let me encourage you to maybe take these and use these with your team. They can be some great tools. There are some really great resources here just in the few slides that we have. All right. So the first diagram that you see um, on your screen would be kind of some geography landmarks, if you will, of, of the pack line defense, uh, starting from the top of the pickup point, you know, like that might be one of the things that you could vary based on personnel. Like you mentioned, that could be higher, lower, but I think somewhere around where I have that blue line stretching across the court is like the classic pack line pickup point where we, we pick up the ball, the dotted circle that sort of parallels the three point arc is sort of the namesake of the defense, right? That's like an imaginary line that's like maybe in your practice gym taped on the floor or something like that, that sort of parallels the three-point arc, maybe a few feet inside of it. You could maybe get specific to how many feet or something like that, but sort of the idea that like when I'm guarding the ball, I'm the only player that's sort of allowed to be outside that dotted line. The rest of the players need to have at least one, if not two feet inside the pack lines, hence the name pack line defense. So um, that, that's the namesake, that idea that we've got one player who's guarding the ball and then four players and sort of like they're also helping guard the ball with their positioning by, by contracting around the paint. In frame two here, you see X2 and X3 sort of protecting in the elbows and, and shrinking the gap space between the two, uh, you know, the ball and, and the players on the wing. So third, moving on toward the baseline, that blue box called the post box in pack line would be, you know, we don't want the ball in there. If it gets in there, we get it out. We don't want it driven in there. We don't want it entered in there. If it's entered into a post, uh, pack line teams, purists would oftentimes double the post to get that guy to kick it out. It's like that's the most threatening area obviously around the rim so we don't want any catches any drives if the ball does make it in there we got to we got to get it out from my experience i would encourage coaches if you have the ability to to put down some floor tape for that pack line there's just something about the players being able to you can freeze it and then have them check their feet instead of hey get back in the get back get back you're out too far especially for younger players i mean at the college level i found this to be true Mm -hmm. you can show them that on a on a diagram which is a great start but a great visual for them is to be able to tweet check your feet and that's another teaching cue that we use check your feet so that they can see whether or not they're inside the pack or inside the paint or inside that post box on a double like you said that i I think i think that may be something that makes sort of an abstract concept of hey we're all guarding the ball Mm. concrete hey get a foot at least inside that dotted circle that we have taped on the floor (laughs) all right next slide here go ahead and show some video combination with video and some diagrams here to me like if just again full disclosure no experience coaching this but like just observing it and studying it and working with coaches who, who are really married to this defense i would say this is the killer thing to master like this is the thing like And what Virginia is such a good example of is what I call going on to off. On means I'm on the ball, a player passes it. I go from 
from on the ball. And when my when the my check, my guy I'm guarding passes it to to a teammate, I immediately go into that pack line, into that gap, create that flat triangle. And the three players I have highlighted here, I thought this was a great clip. And then using the shape, the the circles and the connected line just shows how connected and and good example of of uh, you know when the ball's passed, the guy who's on the ball immediately goes off. The guy who's off immediately goes on. There's no there's no hesitation, and you can see that in the video. They just my own personal language would be don't get split, and and you can see uh, you can see the team that Virginia's playing against try to dribble split them, try to dribble penetrate, and by going on to off and back on again and off again they're able to sort of seal all those gaps and keep the offense in front of them, if you will. Bottom right, the guy in the corner there, the stunt, you see the classic like stunt on the drive. So it's mm-hmm. all comes back, stunt at him, then pop back out. Yeah. I found it interesting. Not getting split, just like mm-hmm. like that, like I said at the ons, at the outset, like I can I can wrap my brain as a coach around absolutes and like an abs we are not getting dribble split. <laughs> I think that uh, teaching them that don't get split makes a very simple point of actually, if you see the top, the slot to slot pass here, Mm -hmm. but he actually doesn't stunt. He just stands and holds his ground, which is kind of a key thing. I have found that sometimes teams overhelp on the stunting. And so if they take two or three steps away from their defender, then it ends up a long closeout and it becomes a wide open three. It's the balance between not getting split and overhelping too much there. Yeah, he's in good position, forces the kick, and all he has to do is one way back to his man. Right, right. Because he got off quickly. He didn't hesitate when he got off. He was in the gap early, and now he's just got one direction help back to his man, or one direction recovery back to his man. Next one here, this is uh, we wanted to include for you some things, some small-sided games you can work with it. And, Randy, you can go ahead and throw this. This is our 3v3 on to off small-sided. Yeah, so this would be just sort of – if breaking down this concept could could that we just saw on screen with three perimeter players and three defenders to practice going on to off, I just kind of drew this drill up. So got a coach under the basket with a ball and, and the and X one, two and X three, the defensive players in orange, they're they're sort of blind. They their their backs are to the coach who's standing behind them. So when the coach passes the ball out to one of the um, players spaced around the perimeter wing point wing, they don't really know where the ball is going to go, but they get to, you know, practice a closeout and forcing middle and all of the, the, the and they have to sort of do it randomly because they would be blind and wouldn't know if the ball was going to go to their check or not. And then you're just checking for positioning of the players not guarding the ball. Are they in the pack? Are they, if they're one pass away, is there, are they in the flat triangle? If they're two passes away, are they getting all the way to their help? And, and so the sort of the constraint that, to tap on what we talked about last week, the constraint I would put on this drill would be like we want to we want to get the ball around the perimeter at least once to where all players have to go on, off, on, off, on, and maybe pass it around a couple times if you're struggling with it. Like each each offensive player has to touch it once, then it's live, or twice, then it's live, and then you just play it out from there. But you know, during that part of the drill where it's it's sort of semi-live, you know, we're checking for the speed at which we go on to off, in the gap, back to the ball, back, you know, to the help. Um, you could even allow skips in this drill. Like, as long as all three players touch it, it doesn't have to just go, you know, wing to point to wing to point. You could allow skips where you got to go 
off the on even further and quicker and more urgently. And so that would just be kind of a good breakdown introductory style drill to teach going on to off that you can just say, okay, everyone touches it once it's live and then start working on your, your, you know, forcing middle and however you're going to defend cutters and, and dribble penetration and things like that. And like sort of like work on not getting beat baseline, which is another kind of absolute that tenant of pack line defense that you could obviously implement, implement when it, when we get to the live portion of this drill. All right, let's go to the next one here. We're going to talk about locking and trailing and dealing with off ball screens. Yeah. So again, my studies and investigations of pack line and talking to uh, coaches who run it. And then of course, watching the quintessential pack line, Virginia Cavaliers play. I've observed like this is the, the, the maybe teaching points around, you know, an off ball down screen where maybe we are assuming in this frame that you see on your screen, maybe one has passed a three and then screens away for player two. The three main teaching phrases or, or words you see on the screen, lock, trail and show would be one word commands to sort of latch on to. X2, their task, if you will, is like, don't get beat, don't get cut back door, lock onto the player, you know, take away the back door, the reject or whatever you want to call it. And then when they come off the screen, just be in their back pocket, just trail the, trail the, the screen tightly. And then you get help from the screeners man who's going to show on the screen. And, and uh, you know, we've got video to, to, to demonstrate what that looks like, but but basically, instead of just sagging back down in the paint and, and, and where we'd be susceptible to a long curl or a, a, a curl off the screen, we need the screeners man to get up and, and put a hand in the passing lane to sort of deter that the entry into the into the cutter. And then we sort of have defended the screen and we're back to neutral, if you will, on defense. Uh, teaching point that I would suggest is teach your players that are locking off of the, so in this case, X2, mm -hmm. to take their inside hand and put it on the outside hip of the person, try to stay connected. That's another yeah. teaching cue we talk about is staying connected. The farther you get apart, the harder, the more pressure it puts on that showman. Mm -hmm. So your inside hand, so if I'm going around this way, it would be my right hand would be on his left hip, and I'm going to try to stay connected because the longer you get drug out there, that gives the chance for the, the screener to roll back. The show guy is late, and that usually ends up with a layup at the front of the rim. So Yeah. Cutters, the ball, you're the chain. So mm -hmm. let's, let's ball and chain this, right? And another thing I'd point out, too, this may not be pack line purity. I don't know, but like... Let, let's let common sense prevail. If if X2 just gets wiped out on the screen, falls down, get, gets tripped or, you know, something, gets just gets taken out. Like that show could turn into a switch. Like, hey, this is a, a 9-1-1. I got to take the ball. For those of you that are listening, let's go ahead and show them some video here. Randy okay. will talk you through the clip here. This is another one of those that's on Randy's YouTube page, Radius Athletics. Just type in pack line defense, lock and trail. Yeah, so we see Carolina sit a down screen. The jersey number one there's got the ball. There's there's passer. We should see lock, trail. He's not letting him go back door. He's sort of you know hedging against that, and pretty good connection. And we get it. We get a little bit of a of a show from the screener. They get the catch, but it's kind of not really a much of an advantage on the catch. So Virginia is able to sort of return back and, and contest the shot. And I think, you know, what you see there is okay with Virginia. Like you shoot over them, they're okay with that. 
we we locked and trailed. We got a hand in the face. You shot over our defense. You didn't penetrate and draw us in and kick it. You know, you shot over an outstretched hand from distance. We'll, we'll live with that. Very similar to that because uh, we're seeing more stagger screens involved with this. Let's go ahead and show them the staggers. The same principle here, so this isn't anything different, but this is just against the stagger. X3 here, can't get rejected, backdoored, whatever term you use. So he's got to sort of be in position to where that guy has to accept the screen, screens in this case, and then and then get in his back pocket and, and trail him hard off the screen. And like you said, stay connected so our showman isn't just forced to really show out there. That's one thing I failed to point out is if he is forced to show show, we're susceptible to a screener slipping, right? Like he can't be forced into showing so far and so long that the like X2 could seven cut or, or that's an old motion term. Sorry. X or sorry, player two could seven cut or slip the screen into the paint. So stay connected. So the show is just a, just a showing the hand in the passing lane. And you get back connected and back in front of your man. I have found this one, you're more susceptible to having to switch. So we typically, they, they usually don't struggle against the first one. So it's a, you know, over the, on the first one and then switch the second one. And I know okay. some teams don't want to do that because a lot of times it's like your five that's involved in that pin down. But if by chance you're able to switch it, you go ahead and trail the first one and then so stay connected on the first one and then switch the second one so when gotcha. you switch the second one x3 would then move underneath and that kind of eliminates that role guy slip. there yeah yeah before we let you go we want to tell you about our sponsors over at sideline interactive if you're wanting to improve the look of your gym or increase the revenue for your program sideline interactive is the leading manufacturer of scoring tables and display base display boards for high schools and colleges around the country to find out more visit sidelineinteractive.com They'll be able to set you up with a scoreboard for your gym. Appreciate all of those who joined us this week. If you missed any part of the show, you can go back and watch or listen to it. Visit Radius Athletics on YouTube to watch the full episode or search a quick timeout podcast and you can listen on the go to this week's episode. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll talk to you again next week on Hoops Form.